Welcome back to episode 36 of the FPL Draft Up podcast. On this week, we're looking ahead to Big Game Week 19. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Up podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of waiver options and hidden gems ahead of big double game week 19. Now it's been a little while since the last podcast, it was basically a month ago now and it feels like half the season has flown by in just a few weeks. Apologies to those that have been tirelessly refreshing their podcast feeds waiting for me to drop another episode but work has been a bit busy again lately um, as I'm a doctor so between watching football and the wards I've not had the time or the motivation to put out any useful content for you but I will try and get a little bit better over the next few weeks so at the time of prepping for this we are uh, amongst blank game week 18 but many will be licking their lips at the potential scores on offer next week as there are currently, now it's changing by the hour at the moment, 15 fixtures to be played uh, across eight days, meaning that we have uh, 11 teams, I think at the moment, that have two games, um, so a double chance at a haul. Um, So we've lost recently the Leeds-Southampton game that's been uh, postponed and... We've also uh, lost Aston Villa against Everton. So Everton now have a blank game week and instead we've got Aston Villa playing Newcastle on the following Saturday during the FA Cup weekend as both of those clubs are out of the FA Cup. So Newcastle have an unexpected uh, double game week too. Um, But I mean, for now, I'll focus on, on what's known as it stands. I'm recording this. Um, lunchtime on Thursday the 14th Um, you know otherwise we'll be here all night waiting for fixture changes and Covid outbreaks to come through. As there is so much football to be crammed into next week this pod will pretty much stick to that with only occasional mentions of players value further down the road Uh, so let's get into it. So let's just have a quick skim over the fixture barometer and also outline what the situation is for each club in game week 19. So as I said, there are 11 teams with a double game week as it stands and they are Aston Villa, Burnley, Chelsea, Fulham, Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Newcastle, West Brom and West Ham. Um, And amongst those teams, some have uh, quite an enticing pair of fixtures. um, And I'll talk about those more in the main section. Those with just a single game this week are Arsenal, Spurs, Wolves, Leeds, Southampton, Sheffield United, Palace and Brighton. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Everton, as it stands, currently have a blank in game week 19. So on paper, the teams with uh, an attractive pair of fixtures. Um, The top two are Man City and West Ham. Man City have got a home game against Palace and then go to Villa away. Um, And West Ham have two home games against Burnley and West Brom. Um, And the other team I've mentioned as well is Liverpool, who have two home games. First was tricky against Man U, but I expect that to be um, a decent scoring game. And then they've got a nice home game against Burnley. On the flip side, the teams who you want to avoid and are probably teams you already have been avoiding 
Um, we've got Fulham, who have got two home games against Chelsea and Man United. Uh, West Brom, two away games, Wolves and West Ham. And new to the double game week, Newcastle have got two uh, tough away games in Arsenal and Aston Villa. So for the bulk of my ramblings this week, I'm just going to go team by team and I'm pretty much just going to focus on those 11 clubs that have got a double fixture as they'll be the ones who most people will be looking at. So started off with Aston Villa. Now most of my notes that I made uh, last night have gone out of the window slightly um, given that the complexion of their game week has now changed and so instead of having Everton then City they've now got City followed by Newcastle. Uh, And the reason my notes have changed slightly is because Villa have uh, a few players on four yellow cards at the moment. And if they were to get a fifth, um, then they would get a one match ban. So if they're carded in that game against Manchester City, they'd miss the more favourable Newcastle fixture. Um, The players who are in that bracket are Matt Target, John McGinn and Jack Grealish. So... um, you know, they're all people that I'm sure will be on people's watch lists uh, ahead of game week 19. Graylish, um, whoever has him in their team, is a sure start. But the other two could be in your waiver piles to have a look at. So that risk now changes considerably as before the risk was that they would um, play in the Everton fixture with the potential of missing the City game. Um, however, you could now end up with um, Graylish, for example, getting a two-pointer against City with a suspension for the more favourable home game against Newcastle. Now, for Graylish in particular, I think the benefits would outweigh the risk and, and you'd be silly not to start him. But for McGinn and Target, it might just make you think twice and make you want to look elsewhere. In terms of clean sheet potential, there are other teams I would look to target for defenders and you know their run doesn't look super attractive beyond game week 19 anyway in attack if you've got Graylish or Ollie Watkins you start them no question the others are all uh, more of a judgment call depending on the size of your league and the types of players available to you El Ghazi would be up there as an option given his recent form with five goals in the last six appearances and if you're looking for um, a sure starter McGinn who I mentioned is is probably the most nailed on in that team but does have that suspension risk Traore is the other informed player with three in his last four um, with an assist in there as well. But as I said, aside from Graylish and Watkins, I wouldn't be too hungry for any of those other guys. A way to mark that would be to say that a player like uh, Huming Son, for example, who has just a single fixture away to Sheffield United, is somebody I'd start over the likes of El Ghazi, Traore and McGinn, who've got those two games. But I would start Jack Graylish over him. Uh, Maybe at the end I'll do a quick list of some single match players who uh, I might prefer over over someone with a double. Next is Burnley who um, don't have two great fixtures. West Ham away, Liverpool away. um, You know, given the form of West Ham lately and the potential for Liverpool with a little bit of wounded pride uh, and the league table starting to skew a little bit away from them. Um, you know, really not good fixtures on paper. Both games 
Burnley will try to keep tight um, and they'll probably fancy themselves to try and get a point at least against um, West Ham, but it is really difficult to advocate for any of their players this week. The benchmark here would be that, say, Wolves, for example, who have a single game against West Brom. Tottenham, who I've mentioned, who have got a single game against Sheffield United um, and Arsenal, who have a single game against Newcastle. I'd prefer to start a lot of a lot of their players over a Burnley player getting 180 minutes. So Pope is probably the only, you know, if you've, if, if Pope is the only keeper you've got playing two fixtures, I consider it for the save points, but even him versus the likes of Patricio, Lloris or Leno would be a tough one for me to call. Next is Chelsea, um, who go away to Fulham, then away to Leicester, puts them in in the sort of meh category for, for this week. Given uh, recent form, the Fulham match doesn't look like uh, a gimme that it might have done a month or two ago, and Leicester could really hurt Chelsea on the counter-attack. I think Chelsea would fall into the category for me if they could get one clean sheet, but two is, is very unlikely with eight points being a reasonable expectation from their defenders, providing they play in both games. And the way the game week is laid out means that each team has two or even three, four clear days between their fixtures. So I don't think rotation will be quite as rampant as it was over the festive period. And given the pressure Lampard is under, he will be keen to get his best 11 out in both games. Reese James is currently a doubt, but... Reports today seem to be improving as he's back in training. It would put me off making a move for him. And if I had more than 11 players on a double, I consider putting him as my first on the bench as the chances are he misses the easier game at Fulham only to then feature away at Leicester. Uh, it doesn't sound like he'll miss both. So drafting in Aspilicueta does not seem worth the risk either. In attack, they can obviously score against anyone on their day and I would expect some rotation in the game's uh, especially at centre forward and with those attacking wingers who aren't shy of a pulled hammy every now and again. It still remains unclear to me what their best 11 is um, and you know, who, rather who the best front six are. I think Mount and Kante would seem fairly nailed, but beyond that, who gets in from Pulisic, Werner, Tammy Abraham, Giroud, Ziyech or even Hudson-Odoi for that game against Fulham remains to be seen. So Fulham, as I said at the top, two tough home games against Chelsea United, but they've generally been able to keep things tight at home um, and they've kept Southampton and Liverpool to draws in, in recent weeks. They haven't played a Premier League game since Boxing Day now and only returned um, against QPR in the FA Cup last week, um, but uh, seemed pretty much back to full strength in their in their draw against Spurs last night. Um they never really confirmed the players with the positive test. But as I said, even from the rumours and who featured and came off the bench last night against Spurs, it seems like they're pretty much back to full strength. None of their players particularly interest me for this week. Um, similarly with Burnley, I'd be looking at players with with just the one match um, in game week 19 over a lot of the Fulham players. On to Leicester. I'm not really sure what to make of Leicester's fixtures, both at home, which seems good at first glance, but the seemingly uh, oversimplification that their counter-attacking style suits away fixtures better does hold true when you look at their form. They've only won three out of eight home games this season, whereas they've won seven out of nine on the road. So on away form alone, they'd be joint top of the league with, with Man United. 
And if you took them just on home form, they'd be down in sort of 14th, 15th place. Vardy's scoring has also matched this. Um, He's only got two of his 11 goals um, at home with the rest, you know, nine coming away. And when we factor in their opposition, Southampton, who are in the form of their lives at the moment, and Chelsea, who are desperate for results, it maybe doesn't look so great. Now, I'm a Vardy owner in my main league, and there isn't a doubt in my mind that I'll play him this week. But he's certainly not somebody I'd go hunting for in a trade or a short-term loan um, because on paper, the way their form's been, it doesn't really indicate that he's going to go off. Likewise, their defence, which has been a solid foundation under Rodgers, has not looked particularly watertight. And even the likes of Leeds have more clean sheets in the Premier League than they do so far. Harvey Barnes is in decent form, as is Madison, who should be fit according to Um, reports today but outside those two and Vardy I'd be hesitant to play many of the others they're another team I'd put in the maybe one clean clean sheet category but with less conviction than than some others I'll mention but it'll be a hard hard choice selecting a Leicester defender ahead of a Spurs Arsenal or Wolves defender for example even with that extra game starting to get into some of the big boys now starting with Liverpool big game at home to Man United um, not only bragging rights on the line, but valuable points in the title race as well, followed by a possibly more comfortable affair at home to Burnley in midweek. Now, obviously, if you've got Salah, Mane, Firmino, Trent Alexander-Arnold or, or Robertson, you start them no problem. Alisson would also be a starter unless you happen to have uh, Edison or Fabianski, who would be better options for me. Um, the debate really comes in in the middle, middle of midfield and the middle of that defence. Fabinho will likely see 180 minutes, but even if Liverpool kept two clean sheets, he'll get six points total where, you know, Matip looks to be a risk if you're counting on him coming back for that game. Um, looks like he might be back for the Burnley game and that might just be enough for you combined with his presence in your team in the weeks following that as well. Given the way the league table is shaping up, I can't see anything other than the usual front three um, starting both games, barring any injuries or positive swabs. And I can't see them really deviating beyond their tried and tested 4-3-3. If you're counting on some slightly different faces coming through, Henderson and Wijnaldum would might come to mind. I think they'll both pique the interest of managers scanning the wave list this week. You just want to gamble on a double chance at a return just on a kind of one game week punt. Henderson wouldn't appeal to me as I think there's a good chance he partners Fabinho at the back so he'd end up in the same category as Fabinho. If I was taking a punt on a Liverpool mid for the double it would probably be between James Milner and Thiago. Thiago would carry a slightly bigger threat from open play while Milner has the potential to be the guy potentially stepping up for a penalty, even with Salah on the pitch. So he, he'd he be another one to look at. The short of it is, outside the usual suspects, I'd consider punting on Thiago or Milner. Henderson is fine, but just be aware that he's probably not going to be uh, in centre midfield. He'll be probably partnering Fabinho at centre-back, at least for that United game. Next is Manchester City. as plum a double game week, as you'll see with two home games against Palace and Villa. Edison will play 180 minutes. I think Diaz is fairly safe to play 180. Beyond that, 
we are all guessing slightly. If I had to stick my neck out, I'd say Stones, Rodri and KDB will probably all play 182 or at least start both the games. Um, I think Cancelo could probably start both games. He might play one at right back and one at left back. And then further forward, players that I'm sure we'll see who probably won't get the full 180 would include Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, Foden, Mares. Um, who I think should all start at least one and probably make an appearance in the other. Although Pep has been pretty shy of, of substitutes lately and hasn't always been using the three that he has on offer. Ferran Torres is also rumoured to be back and, and could make an appearance somewhere. The other player I haven't mentioned is Gabriel Jesus, who ordinarily you think would be nailed on for a couple of starts in Aguero's absence, but just hasn't looked really right this season. Uh, came on late last night in the game against Brighton. Almost looked like he was he was put out left for a lot of the game. He, I mean, he didn't have many minutes, to be honest, but he didn't really look great. And I think, as it stands, Pep seems happier to put uh, one of his midfielders up there as a false nine than he is putting... Gabriel Jesus up there so I'd be pretty cold on bringing him in if you had the chance this week as well. The short of it is that if you could tell me any of those players will get between 90 and 120 minutes across the two games I'd start them. The danger is that given the volume of names mentioned one of those attacking mids will probably have to settle for a couple of substitute appearances but even that could be enough for a decent FPL haul and although we haven't really seen the free scoring Man City that's familiar to us from the last few years under Pep there are signs now starting to to point towards that changing and with the fixture run that they've got there's no better time for that to start than now. On the other side of Manchester is United who are away to Liverpool and then away to Fulham. I think there should be plenty here for the attackers the likes of Rashford, Bruno Fernandes uh, and Cavani would all get starts for me. Same would go for the defenders carrying an attacking threat and also the clean sheet potential uh, against Fulham. One thing to consider for United is that three of their players are um, on that four yellow card mark, similar to the Villa players. And that game against Liverpool, you know, really could see a few dished out. So the players in question are Maguire, Shaw and Bruno Fernandes. Um, So they're all walking that tightrope. I think Maguire will play 180 minutes, uh, providing he doesn't get a card. Shaw could get a rest anyway against Fulham. Tellez hasn't really featured that much, so wouldn't be too appealing if he was on the waiver wire. And obviously, Bruno, you're going to start no matter what. It looked like Martial might have pulled his hamstring at the end of the Burnley game, which would raise the possibility of Greenwood getting at least one start between the two. Pogba is the other player worth getting in if he's available, as he's looked a lot better recently, but judging by the data on fbldrafthub.com, his ownership has been going up recently, and so he'll only be free in a few leagues out there. So the latest addition to the double game week list is Newcastle. We've got a trip to Villa added in to their existing fixture away to Arsenal. The fixtures don't look great on paper for Newcastle, and, and they haven't really looked that lively lately either. The only one I'd play is Callum Wilson, um, who's always a goal threat. He's on penalties. So, um, you know, over two games, could easily see him getting a goal. Um, I'd consider Darlow in goal, but he wouldn't be an ideal choice either, just because, you know, they could easily be on the end of a, of a couple of hammerings. Um, so, yeah, not much there. Similarly to the next team, West Brom, who are away to Wolves, then West Ham. 
Not really any signs of progress under Big Sam yet with back-to-back stuffings. I wouldn't be eyeing up any of their assets unless I was in, you know, a big 14, 15, 16 team league and and you've got plenty of streaming spots. Um, Yeah, I'd stay away. Last but by no means least is West Ham who have got a lovely pair of home games against Burnley and West Brom. Um, I think they probably have the title for the best double game week fixtures which means they'll probably lose both games. Um, All the cool kids moved in on West Ham weeks ago and will have been licking their lips at the prospect of uh, game week 19 since the fixtures were arranged. Mikel Antonio seems to be more or less back to full fitness now, should feature in both. So if he's somehow being forgotten in the waiver pile, I would definitely go and get him for this week. I doubt he'll see 180 minutes because they won't want to push things too far, but uh, I think he'll definitely feature in both games. Elsewhere, many will be looking at the defence. Creswell is your surest and best bet, but his ownership is more or less 100%, so he probably won't be there. Ogbonner is also the surest start at centre-back available in some leagues, and uh, new addition Kufau would be my pick, not just because I own him uh, with ownership around the 50% mark, depending on your league size. I think on my last pod I mentioned that uh, I was a foolish worshipper at the church of Suchek, who at that point hadn't really turned into the prime Ronaldo that he is now. But here we are, and he now has five goals and an assist for the season. And he always seems to be in the right place at the right time. He was a fifth mid for me at one point, just bringing him in off the waiver wire. And he's probably now my number two mid ahead of the likes of Click and CH. Uh, and will be a firm fixture in my team for the foreseeable future. 100% someone to try and bring in if he happens to be free. Um, I'd fancy him to get at least one goal over the two games. On to some hidden gems. So these are all players who currently have uh, less than 10% ownership in most leagues. Um, Not Not too many to pick this week, but uh, I've got a few defenders and a few midfielders just to mention. The the first one is Craig Dawson, whose ownership is, I think, pretty much less than than 1%. Came in for West Ham uh, a couple of games ago in place of Balbuena. I think initially that was probably just to give uh, Balbuena a bit of a rest, but played really well, got man of the match, started the next game, and I think... It's probably his spot to lose now uh, alongside uh, Bonner. So, yeah, if you do want some of that uh, West Ham defence, Craig Dawson could be could be your way in. Next is Eric Bailly for Man United. Again, uh, came in uh, for Lindelof. Can't remember now whether Lindelof was injured or, or had COVID, but has looked really good and, and seems to compliment Harry Maguire quite well with his with his pace. It feels a bit like a a similar-ish setup to how Diaz and Stones complement each other at City. Um, so yeah, if you wanted uh, a bit of Man United defence for the two game weeks, Liverpool and Fulham, um, you know, chance of a clean sheet against Fulham, he could be your way in there. The last defender whose who's, uh, ownership's dropped again is Fafana for Leicester. Leicester have had a bit of a tough run so I think a lot of people moved off their defenders but if you fancy those games Southampton and Chelsea um, 
not the best odds, I'd say, of, of a clean sheet in there. But uh, that that Southampton game could easily be um, could easily be a clean sheet, and they might try and keep things tight against Chelsea. So, you know, if you're struggling for options and you've got a defender to stream, um, not the worst not the worst player to get in. Midfield, um, McNeil for Burnley, who's had a bit of a spell out, uh, came on as a substitute in the last game. I'm sure he'll get back into the team if you fancy uh, Burnley to do something. Generally, if they're going to do something, McNeil tends to be uh, a part of that and has been pretty quiet so far this season. The final mid is kind of along the lines of what I was talking about uh, for the Liverpool midfielders. Some people will just see the double game week. Um, even if they don't do a lot and just um, you know get a couple of clean sheets, that's six points. It's not the worst score for a midfield spot that might have otherwise just gone for a two-pointer. Is Rodri for Manchester City? As I said, I think he'll probably play um, the full uh, 180 minutes in the, in the two fixtures. Obviously, not the most prolific in front of goal, but you know has a crack now and again. So you never know. Could get a a cheeky assist with a simple pass into midfield that KDB then thunders into the top corner. And I said, all worst worst case scenario, Man City get a couple of clean sheets and he gets six points or even they don't and he gets four points. So just somebody to bear in mind. Now, I also mentioned that I'd probably highlight some players who are on a single game week who I might prefer over players from double game week. So I've highlighted how many ones? About 14 players here who who are all on a single game. Now, some of these picks are are simply because they're now defenders. So if you're a supporter of any of these teams or have a better feel for the lineups, this list could be slightly bigger. This isn't an absolute recommendation to start these guys, as you might have some some real double game week gems, which mean these guys don't make the cut. but, But these are the ones I'd seriously consider. So up front, I've picked Kane, Lacazette, Bamford and Ings. Um, I think Kane, you start if you've got him no matter what. The other three, it would really depend on who your other strikers are. You know, if you had Jamie Vardy and Antonio, who have got, you know, a couple of decent double game weeks between them uh, and you were full elsewhere, then I certainly wouldn't drop either of those two. But for the majority, who will have um, some you know, at least one lesser striker. I would certainly start those uh, over those guys. In midfield, I've picked Hungmin Son, uh, Abamyang. Yeah, just those two, Son and Abamyang. Son, I think, similar bracket to Kane. Abamyang, you know, I know he's not had the best season, but it is Abamyang and it is a nice game against Newcastle. And if he's going to turn it around, it has to start sometime and, you know, would not surprise me to see him score two or three goals. In defence, uh, mainly looking at Spurs, Arsenal and Wolves. And to be honest, it goes with the keepers as well. So I think for Spurs, Dyer's nailed on. I think Regulon will be nailed on for that game. And obviously Lloris in goal. For Arsenal, you've got Leno, uh, Tierney, Holding are all nailed. And for Wolves, Patricio, Cody and Sice. Um, probably Semedo as well and Eldon. So I think it's really just trying to weigh up whether or not you think the chances are of these teams getting a clean sheet in their single game outweighs the chances of one of the teams with a double getting a, a clean sheet 
from one of their two games because the likes of, say, West Brom, who have got a couple of really tough games away to Wolves and away to West Ham, if you assume they don't keep clean sheet in those two games, you're looking at a defender with four points, um, assuming they don't get absolutely stuffed in one of those games, whereas... You know, you've got six, maybe five points with a yellow card straight off the bat for one of these teams getting their clean sheet. So I wouldn't necessarily be drawn to some of those lesser teams with the double is the long and short of it. If you were picking between those teams, I think Arsenal are probably the safest for a clean sheet. I haven't actually looked at what the bookies odds are um, this week, but I think... um, simply because Sheffield now are coming off of their first win, coming off the back of that win. So they'll be, you know, confidence will be on the up. And at home, they might, you know, they'll probably fancy themselves to try and get something from that game. Whereas I think, you know, Newcastle just looking so lacklustre and and Arsenal looking a lot better that um, that would be my go-to. Wolves would probably be ahead of Spurs as well maybe their game against West Brom West Brom don't look particularly good in front of goal at the moment um, coming off the back of two poor results and you know the likes of Sice or Semedo even Ape Nori if you think he'll play all got that goal threat as well so yeah but any of them I think as a single game week player should still be considered for this week So most of what I've said is now probably out of date and irrelevant by the time I get this edited and sent out. So do keep an eye out on social media or wherever you get this type of info from um, because this isn't a game week that you want to fall asleep on. But equally, probably not a game week that you can plan for uh, the day before and just set and forget it. News of injuries, COVID outbreaks, fixture changes could come out right up to tomorrow's uh, deadline. So by all means... Get some target waivers penciled in, but be prepared for some last minute adjustments if you have to. Um, the deadline is 11 o'clock in the morning, Friday morning UK time, ahead of the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. Now, as I said at the beginning, my uh, day job can be quite demanding, and so the next couple of months at least could be patchy in terms of podcast, but I will try and be uh, a bit better at communicating what's going on. The FPL Draft Hub website, though, is not going anywhere and is still completely free to use. Um, And I'd urge anyone that hasn't done so to check it out. Taron has worked tirelessly this season to get it up to a decent standard um, and fully functional. And the best way to repay him is just by going and having a look. So lots to contend with this season. I don't think we were expecting anything else. And we are being continually reminded of the value in building in some flexibility into our plans. I look forward to hearing about some monster scores next week. These are the weeks that see big shifts in the league tables, triple digit scores definitely on the cards. So best of luck, uh, stay safe, but more importantly, stay shook. Sure.